Welcome to the Up for Discussion podcast, the only show on the internet where we talk about the things we talk about in the order we talk about them. I'm Tom Zalatna. I'm Simon Pelty, and we have a special geest with us today. In some trouble with those vowels. Spurgle gap. A, 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 spatial, a spatial ghost. We have a spaceship with us here on the podcast. His name is Steve Onotera. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Thanks thank, for coming. Thank you for coming. Live from Winnipeg? Yes, sir. Live from Winnipeg, where, Steve. believe it or not, it's actually uh, pretty nice out. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been very uh, nice here as well, and uh, unpleasantly nice is is my is my default posture. You're going unpleasant? I actually think it's kind of great. I... Here's here's my my stance on on temperature. I can be miserable because it's so cold, but if it's miserably cold in February, I'm fine because <laughs> I want the temperature to be as it ought to be, right? Uh. So if it's real cold in the summer, and you know if, if it's like a, like a nice 15 degrees in July, I'm upset, even though 15 degrees to me is very comfortable because July is supposed to be far too hot. Right? That's fair. Nothing like uh, that's how I feel about it. Nothing like kicking things off with a little chat about the weather. You know you're in for a <laughs> yeah. you know you're in for a good podcast when it is. Uh, it is what we call small talk. The the perfect icebreaker. So Steve, you are otherwise known by your internet alias, the Samurai Guitarist. Yes, sir. Are you the Samurai Guitarist? Nope, just Samurai Guitarist. There is in fact a the Samurai Guitarist. I didn't find that out oh, until it was way too late to change, and I figure the only oh, way damn. this is going to end is in a guitar battle where I get. Thoroughly destroyed by this guy named Miyavi, because he is real good. Is or he... if you just actually murder him, that's Plan B. That's on the <laughs> table. <right? laughs> Are you? W- would you say that you're a better samurai or a better guitarist? Well, I'm a terrible samurai. And I don't know very much about Japanese culture, so I'm going to go with better. <laughs> I'm going to. I'll go with guitarist. I also I did that's I did fair. kendo when I was yeah. young. Actually, my grandpa took me and my brothers to to kendo class which is japanese sword fighting and uh i it was kind of fun i didn't really get into it my my other brother did and he was quite good at kendo so he is he's more of a samurai than i so i guess uh, to answer your question guitar first me yeah and you uh you were one of the other next step winners with uh me and tim and uh, alexandra who people heard from last week oh nice yeah uh, it was good times yeah sweet what was uh like What's what's YouTube been like for you since you got back from Toronto? I'm trying to remember where where I was subscriber wise then. I I hit a crazy uh like October, end of September to about the beginning of November. I had a really wild experience, I guess, where for whatever reason the YouTube algorithm just decided it loved me, and so over that <laughs> period of time, I went from, I essentially over that period of time, about a month and a bit, I gained twice as many subscribers as I had in my entire time making YouTube videos, which would have been about two years to that point. So that was pretty crazy. And then after that, by the time Next Up rolled around, uh, that sort of hype train was kind of tailoring off a little bit. But because of it, um, there was still a little step up from where I was before. So I guess I guess since then, it's been... It hasn't been, I haven't had any uh, crazy successes, I guess, as far as like videos go. Nothing that's really, really blown up, but it's been steadily consistent, seeing good views, I guess. I don't know, it's been nice. good. And you you just passed 100,000 subscribers fairly recently, eh? I did. I believe that was two weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Did they did they send you a button? Not yet, but I've sent in the, uh, like all the information. I guess I got to make it and make sure that, that uh, it's all legit, but... Should be here soon. What's on the button? 
It's going to have a button that says, you've reached 100,000 subscribers. Congratulations, Samurai Guitarist. You uh, have achieved something great. That's a lot of things to fit on a button. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very big button. <laughs> no, you've seen this though, right? The big, uh, the, the big silver YouTube uh, play buttons that they send people. Is it silver or bronze, the first one? Silver. I think it's silver. They have a bronze yeah. level. I think bronze level is when you hit 10,000, but you don't get anything physical for it because like, a yeah, lot of people do that, and YouTube would be, would be sending out so many. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a waste of money, but after 100,000, it's a little bit more serious. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you get a couple other perks, but those perks were also included with, with Next Up, so like, you get a partner manager, which we already have, right. so that's not that interesting. And I guess, yeah, the next step is that gold one, a million. One how how long do you million. think it'll take you to get to a million? I've realized that trying to predict these things is not really worthwhile. I have no idea. Mm. Um, mm. I could see like if if whatever for whatever reason the YouTube algorithm decided it loved me again, it could happen this year. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's been making YouTube videos for a long period of time, and I think he hit he hit three hundred thousand last year, and he kind of went through the same thing as I did on a much larger scale and got about two hundred thousand subscribers because of it. And so, like, it's 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 so hard to tell. Um, I could also just maybe get lucky and get a video that, for whatever reason, gets picked up by a bunch of places, and that just blows everything up. Or I could just kind of continue on the same steady train and not hit it for, uh, you know, 10 years. So I think it's hard to predict and, and not worthwhile. I used to try to do it. My goal with my year, year two, which would have been October 10th of this year, was my second year making second full year of making YouTube videos. My goal was to hit 50,000 subscribers for that. Uh, and leading up to that, it wasn't looking like I was going to come close to it. I think I was at like 35,000 and then the algorithm turned around and surprise, surprise. So I don't know. I've, I, I don't think it's, I don't like spending too much time trying to think about when it'll happen because if you do, and then it doesn't happen, then it's just disappointing. And it's just too much of a, a mystery to, to really wage an educated guess i don't know before i before youtube dies off or whatever happens i'd like to do it yeah that's fair i did just see your uh your your video the final countdown reinterpreted as a wild west song yeah wild west ballad that's pretty good brilliant i think i think if one of them were to were to were to make it were to to bring you to a million i would wager that one probably because that's also the only video of you i've seen (laughs) but you know like i i've got i've got high hopes for that one well, thank you so much. I got to say, I've seen think, uh, I've seen more of your videos than Simon has, and that's also my favorite one. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Which is why Simon has seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. That was a fun one to make. I think uh, I, I would highly doubt that that would be the case uh, based on the fact that if a video, in my experience, if it doesn't really kind of get traction within the first week or two, mm. it's not going to blow up again. I've never had that happen. Right. So I think that one's kind of done what it'll do, and it'll just kind of keep gaining a couple of views. But I, mm. I don't think it will catch on. But you know, I could—I've been surprised by things <laughs> on YouTube in the past, and that would be a wonderful—that's true—a wonderful surprise. Have you have, have you seen the video of uh, the the guy who did Smash Mouth's All Star, but all with Windows XP sounds? No, I haven't seen that one yet. It's pretty impressive. It's That's funny like... that All Star is like it's a it's a meme right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. That song, I, I think it's because that guy, uh, uh, what's it's his name, uh, John, isn't it? John Sudano. Oh, so Neil Neil Cicerega did it first. Who's the uh, I think the Potter Puppet Pals guy? He he made like a whole album called uh, 
uh, I think it was called Mouth Sounds, where he took a bunch of songs and mashed them up with Smash Mouth. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, this was like a couple of so years funny. back. Is this, is, is this the same guy who like takes every song and just puts... No, that's John Sudano. Oh, that's John Sudano. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So this John Sudano guy has been blowing up recently, but a lot of people yeah. were kind of upset about it because someone else did a similar <laughs> thing years ago. But they're different. They're different projects. Mm-hmm. I wonder... I wonder what the... I th- not to sound bitter or anything, but I feel like that is a, that's a 15 minute of fame type YouTube yeah, account. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you'd have to transition to something broader fairly quickly. And I've seen, I've seen YouTubers do it, but I, I don't know if he's done it. Like, like who? Um, well, uh, so a, one that I can think of would be Boogie 2988, who's one of my favorite YouTubers. He kind of gained popularity. He didn't always do this, but he gained popularity doing his Francis sketches and he's like a big super overweight guy and like that's one of the characters he did is a guy named Francis where it's just like your typical neck beard kind of guy and he just rages about things and that was his kind of his 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 foot in the door I think mm-hmm. in a big way yeah and he would do things about that but then he kind of transitioned into a, a guy who talks about real world events and that's a huge part of what he does. And he talks about his life. He talks about being overweight and his struggles with that. Mm -hmm. And that is what I think created a a sustainable YouTube channel. Right. Whereas with John, I'm like, okay, this is, this is hilarious, but will I want to, will I still think this is funny in a month, in two years? I think he would need to transition into doing something else. Right. For it to be sustainable. Yeah. Well with, with YouTube comedy, you kind of have to like, you have to be constantly having new ideas, putting new fresh stuff out there. Because even mm-hmm. if your video gets massively successful, eventually people are going to want to see more from you. And they don't want to see more of the exact same thing, right? Mm-hmm. They'll take variations on a meme for a little while, but eventually, like, you can't just keep making B-movie videos. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at his view count, and it's like, it w- for a while, he was getting a million every video, and then it kind of dropped down a little bit. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, he does a gimmick. And I feel yeah. like I don't mind saying that because I do a gimmick. What I do, I make gimmicky videos. Sure. You make like but f- super like detailed, fascinating gimmicky videos though. I guess, I mean, I don't have a gimmick and I guess, I guess this is what I was trying to get into. I don't have one gimmick. I like, I just like gimmicks as a whole. So right. I guess what I've tried to do, my theory has been, I want to present songs or things like songs that people know or can relate to in a way that they never would have expected before. Okay. So like so one of the, reinventing one of, them. Not, And I think reinventing them. And not necessarily just a musical aspect, but just as a, with the concept too. Uh, okay. One of my first videos I got popularity was uh, my cover of Don't Fear the Reaper. Okay. You know, more cowbell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played that entirely on iPad apps. Oh. And so I think like that, that kind of idea is the underlying theme. And so the recent video that I shot, uh, the one I put out earlier today, uh, I played a hockey stick guitar. A guitar that I made out of a hockey stick. Whoa. And so it's like, it's just like every video I try to make something different and unique. And to me, that's the fun of it. Mm. If all I ever did was make videos that I played songs on iPad apps, I would have been bored and I would have hated myself after two of them. Right. And so I think it's important when you're doing gimmicky stuff is to try to keep the gimmick fresh. Mm. And the gimmick stays fresh if you're constantly coming up with something new and different. And that's what's fun for me is I kind of come up with an idea and I think, okay, is this even possible? <laughs> and then seeing it through and, and seeing it become something to me that is Mm -hmm. the most rewarding part of of youtube yeah 
Is there is there anybody that uh, you know on YouTube who does something similar to that that you kind of look up to, or not necessarily look up to, but like sort of admire their content? There's a couple others that I can think of. Uh, there's one guy based in in Toronto. His name's Andrew Huang, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he does some very very cool things. Um, I mean, I think my what what I do is I try to bring guitar into it and guitar is the focal point. Mm. Uh, whereas for him, it's like he doesn't have that limitation because he's a great singer and he plays a bunch of different instruments. Um, so like he's done some crazy things. One time he made an entire song using tires. Uh, I'm trying to think of some recent ones he did. Um, he did uh, a beat, like a drum beat, using a Donald Trump sniff. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> That's great. Um, That's so. And good. then there's a guitar player in Chicago. His name's Rob Scallon, and he he's more in the metal world. And he does stuff like he's played. Uh, like his most recent video is him playing metal on a sitar. Oh, nice. Um, hmm. Yeah. So there are there's definitely some people doing similar stuff to what I do. I think for me the difference is that I bring, I come from, I guess like a, a blues and and jazz and and rock background, mm-hmm. and guitar is always the focal point for the most part. Yeah. I don't know. You you kind of develop a little bit of a, I guess an uh, an identity that's hard to explain a bit. Like if you watched Andrew's videos, mm. you'd say, "Oh yeah, that's an Andrew video." If you watch Rob's videos, you see that. Right. And while I can't, it's hard to explain what that identity is. I think you can you can kind of see it. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's the creator's personality shining through into the thing that they're making because they put themselves into it. Yeah, and I think the cool thing about the YouTube community, especially in music, is there's not there's not a ton of us doing the musical, doing what we do. Right. Um, there's a lot of beauty vloggers. If you go to VidCon, it's just like there's so many beauty vloggers. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, prank channels. There's a lot of gaming channels, but there's not quite as many music channels. And when you meet these guys, um, I've just found them to be very, very welcoming, very, very friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I ever met Andrew, he was like, hey, want to go shoot a video? I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, I want to go shoot <laughs> a video. Let's Let's do a collab. Um, and like the first time I met Rob, same idea. He was just like, just very, very just warm hearted and, and open and accepting and wants to, to help you. And I don't know it's a cool, a cool part of that community, which I don't, I haven't found in a lot of other aspects of the music community. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if you go play gigs, it's, there's a lot of musicians who are trying to play gigs, but there aren't a lot of musicians and YouTubers Right. that, that where that Venn diagram crosses over, there's not a lot as many people in there. So I found when you do meet those people, it's cool to, to share that connection with them. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Cause when I, when I think about like the musicians that I know, I think 80% of them have at some point taken a shot at the YouTube thing, but most right. of the, maybe like maybe 1% of the people within that 80% actually like took it seriously as opposed to just like uploading, you know, yeah. one or two songs where they're singing with a guitar in front of a camera. Like, you know, Tim and I actually, that's how we started on YouTube was uh, we were an acoustic duo band doing like sort of soft renditions of uh, pop songs and stuff. And that actually is what transitioned him toward doing acapella science eventually. Oh, cool. I did not know that. Yeah, it was kind of like our first, uh, well, it was our first foray into that stuff. I mean, I had YouTube videos from high school where I was doing like uh, (laughs) very embarrassing (laughs) adaptations of classic literature, but uh, that was our first like serious thing. I don't feel like there's a lot of cutting edge. I don't think the music industry is always embracing the industry itself, not necessarily the the artists and the musicians, but I don't think the industry embraces new as much. Everybody, um, there's a lot of the old guard still in it. There's a lot of people who are 
hanging on to to the way it, it used to be. And so I, I think uh, musicians aren't are starting to fully see the power of YouTube more, and but they've seen it later mm-hmm. than a lot of right. gamers would have, for example, uh, which is just kind of the nature of things. So I think we'll start to see more and more musicians taking YouTube very, very yeah. seriously. Well, like one one really, really good example of that is the band OK Go and how they have just fully, fully embraced uh, their, in, in a sense, their gimmick, which is their like incredible music videos. Right. Um, and <clears throat> I recently heard an interview with um, a couple of the guys from OK Go, and they were saying that, like, you know, when, when they write their songs, they'll write their songs, f- like, as songs, but they will always, part of their, their, their thought when they're recording and creating the songs is, what will that look like on YouTube? And that's right. they've never used that to, like, compromise the quality of their music or to make it... Um, yeah, like make make the make the 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 music less important and the video more important, but the video is always super super important, and that mm-hmm. totally totally translates in their art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think, uh, yeah, if you can kind of bring those things, like build them together, the the concept for the video, as well as the the music, then it's just gonna both will look like they're much more yeah. in sync. Yeah, Walk Off the Earth had a moment like that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple years ago where like yep. yeah they got super super popular as well and then I, I i'm not totally sure but i think they like started to venture more into their more like original stuff and i think like because that wasn't really what people associated them with it just kind of petered out a little bit like i don't know what they've mm-hmm. done recently so walk off i've actually know walk off the earth quite well i've the drummer uh, um the drummer of that band was my roommate and one of my best friends Whoa. in college well cool wow. and so and so I mean, it's their their success story was a, a big thing that inspired me early on when I started making YouTube videos. I firsthand saw what I saw the power of this this medium right. yeah. firsthand. Yeah. Uh, when their video was blowing up, I remember Joel was texting me. He's like, "Hey, man, we're on the front page of Reddit." Whoa. Or he's like, "I'm on the front page of Reddit." I was like, "I don't know. Did you post something? What are you talking about?" And then I checked it. I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." And I saw like I was chatting with him and, and close to him that whole time where five guitar or one people five guitars blew up. Right. Um, and so what they were able to do is, so they leveraged that into a deal with Columbia, uh, like the biggest, one of the biggest record labels in the world. Right. And they they still pursue YouTube, but not quite as much. But they've built a fairly huge audience. Like on Facebook, mm-hmm. I think they have 2 million followers. Wow. Um, they got like 2.5 million on, on YouTube. And they've been able to transition their YouTube success to success in a more of a traditional market. Right. Mm-hmm. So for them, they play a lot of festivals. They, uh, I think they're doing their first arena tour where they're headlining. Wow. Oh, no. They did their first arena tour last year where they were playing. They co-headlined with Mariana's Trench. Hmm. And an I think the, the goal is to... It is an interesting mix, but I mean, I think it was cool for them to be... Yeah, for sure. ...playing arena tours. And <laughs> they've had... They've kind of went more versus they haven't been pursuing YouTube quite as much. They'll still make yeah. pretty awesome videos, but it's more like now they have tours and and, uh, and and hits on the radio and stuff like that. So they've been they've transitioned more into a traditional realm, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Well well that makes sense. And and I mean, I think when you start doing that kind of thing, you're less likely to have the sort of like explosive viral videos, right? Like they're they're having this mainstream success. They're touring, they're selling tickets, they're selling albums and whatnot but they're not necessarily investing as much time into making music videos. So that's why like we feel yeah. like we don't see them around yeah. anymore. Cause like, you know, they, they haven't stopped being successful. They've just shifted to a different like 
venue, I guess. Yeah, and I haven't been like actively following them in a while. You know, right. like there are <clears throat> there are some people who probably like aren't as popular as as they are that I'm actively following a lot that yeah, I'm sure. probably just seeing a lot more. You know, and it all just has to do with what it is that I'm looking for and mm-hmm. what I'm surrounding myself with. Yeah, well, that's it. And so you you think like, oh, these guys have kind of fallen off the face of the earth. They've walked off the earth, but <laughs> in, rea- in reality, oh, they've like they've just shifted out of your uh, out of your sphere or whatever. Yeah. Steve, I, I'd be curious. Uh, what, so you do a lot of like cover stuff. Um, yes. Have you like ventured into originals at all? Is that something you want to do? Like what's your thoughts on that? Whole I've done area? a couple originals. Um, my next video that I'm actually putting out next week, I've, I've got an original song coming out uh, using the hockey stick guitar. I like, so I've presented a couple original, I guess, song ideas without like really being full cover songs like i did a, a song where i played uh, a guitar with a pen and i figured out a bunch of different ways to play that guitar and um like that's an original idea like all the music there is original but i wouldn't say like that's an original song it's just kind of like a little clip i guess right and the thing that i played in the hockey stick guitar was also just me just kind of riffing away um as far as like writing stuff goes i'm not sure i'm as inclined to do it because i like i find it hard to I find it hard to create an original song and then have uh, a great gimmick to go with it that can gain popularity. Right. I mean, I still think at this point in my career, I'm still trying to just to build that audience. Right. And I don't, it's very hard to build an audience with purely original music. That makes sense. It's hard, I, yeah. it's hard for that to, to blow up. <laughs> um, I think at some point I will, I will release more original music. But right now it's like, if I make, if I just like make a song of me in the studio with a band, that's for my subscribers. That's not gaining any attention anywhere else. Right. It's like, I, I think of it as like the John Mayer approach. John Mayer wrote Your Body's a Wonderland and that was a massive song and that gained him, that got his foot in the door and he was an international pop star. Mm-hmm. And because of doing that, he could go and make a blues album later that everyone listened to. Right. If he never if he never had that mainstream success, if he never built that audience, mm-hmm. nobody would care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've kind of, I've always thought about that as one day I, I wouldn't mind doing more original stuff. But I think the focus still to me is just build that audience. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I know a while ago, Tim wanted to uh, to start doing a bit more original stuff. And uh, he had recorded a whole bunch of stuff at the, uh, uh, I want to say maybe at Banff or at some instrument museum, some someplace out west. And he uh, he had like recorded a whole bunch of tracks and like they sounded really great. And then that laptop got stolen. and oh. uh, And so he kind of benched that project for a while. But I know, uh, yeah, for him, like, I think it's a similar thing where he wants to sort of build acapella science up to the point where it's like big enough that if he wants to do some original stuff, it's not like going to cost him anything. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, That makes sense. Um, I think another thing, if you can do, I've thought about doing more comedy based, like some comedy based stuff. Yeah. Because you're a funny guy. Appreciate it. (laughs) Um, I think that can also gain, that can hook people in. It's easier to hook people in. Like if I wrote a song, like I was thinking the other day, if you wrote if you wrote a song that was like I don't know, making fun of like American politics or something like that, right. that'll that'll get shared. If you write a song like a traditional song about heartbreak and all that sort of stuff, there's so many of those out there. Yeah. So if you can yeah. find a, a funny song to do original, uh, an original idea with, then I think it'll work. Yeah, that's it, that, that's an interesting point about comedy because when when you were talking about um, uh, uh, covers as well, I feel like there's there, there's something interesting about about covers and also I don't know like about comedy that where there's there's a certain sort of common frame of reference that people can can refer to like if you wrote an original song and then played it with 
the hockey stick guitar like there it's almost like there'd be too much new stuff all at once whereas yeah. it like <clears throat> if uh, what, what was the song you read it on the hockey stick guitar again i just played some blues on it so it wasn't okay. necessarily it's not about the song it's right. just like but it's so, just me riffing away yeah right. say say you did some i don't know like johnny cash right on yeah. on the hockey stick guitar like people like uh, th- that gives like a frame of reference for people to understand the 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 hockey stick guitar through and makes them appreciate it better other than just like oh look he's doing a thing on a guitar made out of hockey stick and I, and there's there's something about comedy where it lends itself to that really well that mm. um yeah tr- like heartbreak doesn't necessarily i don't know what like what, what mm. i do you do you think you you might have insight as to why that is like why why is it that covers are more interesting than originals not the covers already have an audience built into them if i like if i like justin bieber i'm gonna be interested in someone covering a song if i like justin bieber that doesn't mean i'm necessarily gonna like the song that this other guy wrote right there's already a pre-existing audience for covers Hmm. um if i go to the bar and someone starts playing living on a prayer i'm pretty pumped (laughs) if someone goes if i go to the bar and and someone's like yeah and this next song is a song that i wrote you got to win me over. Right. I'm already won over with living mm-hmm. on a prayer. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Like you, you have to do stuff that people will enjoy and put your own spin on it until you have enough of an audience that are willing to kind of take whatever you give them. Yeah, exactly. Is living, um, is living on a prayer your next, uh, your next project? I haven't thought about an idea for it. Hmm. If I came up with a great idea, then I might yeah. be able to, you, you got to do it with like a big gospel choir. Mm. That'd be kind of cool. Have you? Have I you, find the idea. No, go on. Have, have you seen all of those like visual puns for living on a prayer? Oh, so good. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, it's it's just all these pictures of things that if you say them out loud, they sound they kind of sound like living on a prayer. Like there's a lemon on a pear, lipstick on a bear, <laughs> all like just all that kind of stuff. And it's it's all just a picture, and the caption is "Whoa, we're halfway there." Lemon on a pear. Is this a video? <laughs> no, it's just like memes that people have been like posting around Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, Actually, maybe talking maybe about incorporate those into the song. <laughs> yeah, talking about memes uh, is actually a perfect transition into this week's Patreon topic. Uh, so, Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows creators to work directly with their audiences to produce the best possible content at the lowest possible cost uh, to those creators. And uh, if you pledge $5 or more per month to Up for Discussions Patreon, uh, you get to ask us questions to talk about on the show. This week's question comes from our patron, Patrick, who wants to know, what is our favorite meme of 2017 so far? Mm, there haven't been many yet. This, uh, this may be a controversial position. Oh, I know one. <laughs> but I have been disappointed in memes lately. Yeah? Yeah. I feel, I feel like they've gotten lazy. I feel like it's all when you blah, 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 and then a reaction and then like a clip from a movie or from a reality show or something. And that's all it is. And they're all just variations of that. Hmm. And I, I'm unimpressed. Yeah. That's I'm, fair. I'm like thoroughly unimpressed. I think the only one that like, I kind of really, in, I don't know that I, I was the least unimpressed about was the one like, you know, the, the dog that's sitting in the living room and everything's on fire. And he says, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I like that dog. Yeah. So what do you define as a meme? Like in the traditional sense, it's the, uh, like mm-hmm. the picture with the, the writing on it. But mm-hmm. I think a meme has grown beyond that in a way. I think it's yeah. just like an idea that's, 
I think it's more yeah. of an idea mm. that is, or just like something that's that keeps on getting twisted around. Yeah, the, well, the th- online setting. That's actually yeah. That's closer to the original definition of a meme than what the internet thinks of a meme. Because yeah. a meme is a psychology term that's been around for a really long time. That's it's a actually, sociological term more than anything. Yeah, and it, it's yeah. basically just like a an idea or you know a, a, a staple that is easily like shared and spread around and yeah. kind of you know. Yeah, I, like that's, that's yeah. what I think of when I think of a meme. Like my favorite right. meme using that definition is Tiny Trump. Oh, Tiny Trump is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, well, well, that's the thing. Trump is a meme machine. But but tr- like for a lot of people, I think they'd say that's not a meme. It doesn't have that picture with the... Hmm. But I think, like, isn't that a meme? I think it's a meme. Yeah, I think I that's know. a meme. I think people who think that memes have to be like, you know, a flashy background, a photo, and white, bold text, I think those people are wrong. Yeah. I would say so as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Trump memes are great. There's uh, oh, okay. There was a good one a little while ago. Um, where he like picks up a book and he's like showing it to the camera. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and people edited it, uh, so like they they turned it into a GIF with like you know there was like a drawing of a cat inside it or like you know a grocery list or something. It, it, it was yeah. just you know little Donald yeah. Trump Whenever being proud showed, of his writing. His ex- executive orders. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I think yeah, I was thinking of memes quite uh, quite narrowly. So I, I guess really it's that like that thing of when you blah 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 and then there's a picture or a gif of a reaction yep, right. i th- i dislike that i think that's just lazy that's but right. i i love the joe biden memes oh yeah, those are great. <laughs> so good yeah biden bro yeah those biden are beautiful bro. yeah there, there's something really beautiful about biden and obama's relationship i guess that's more 2016 and not 2017 as much but it's it's yeah, bled over right. a little bit yeah so it counts yeah i mean i think it's too early in 2017 to pick favorite memes just yeah. yet Although Trump is giving us so many. I mean, the whole fake news thing. Yeah. The whole alternative facts and yeah. uh, Bowling Green Massacre. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like that. I think that's a meme, isn't it? Or yeah. it became a meme. Absolutely. That, that is the thing in Sweden, too. Where oh, my like, goodness. Like a, 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 a former president, uh, prime minister of Sweden was like, I nothing happened. I don't know what <laughs> Trump's talking about. <laughs> there was no terrorist attack here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's I think was it Conan who tweeted something about I'm going to fire all of my writers because comedy is writing itself for the next four years. <laughs> it may have been. Yeah, yeah. South Park was saying like we're not even touching this next year. We can't. Like what <laughs> we do we we started going down that road with uh the Mr. Garrison running for president and mm-hmm. we just like it, we couldn't build on what was happening. Yeah. So we're just not doing it next year. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. They just won't be doing any Trump stuff. Uh I think maybe the, I don't really know exactly what it was. I think maybe they're just not pursuing the it is as much okay or maybe that's i can't remember what it was it's I not going to be the, their main thing right yeah like this year's the last season of south park was a lot about that and they were just like yeah the stuff we're writing isn't as as funny as what's happening <laughs> yeah. in your life like what do we do here yeah <laughs> i can't I mean, make fun of this i've kind of been noticing that about colbert as well like i feel like he has a lot of potential for just really really funny stuff but all of his stuff is about trump and it's all about the White House and it's all about stuff going on there. And I feel like I like I don't know. I I just feel like at some point something's going to happen, whether it be in four years when Trump uh, doesn't get reelected or eight years when Trump's, uh, you know, <laughs> two terms are over or whether it be in a couple months when Trump get, gets impeached and then Mike Pence takes over and Mike Pence is just a lot more, you know, a lot less interesting then like like I f- I'm just worried that Colbert is gonna run out of steam. That he, like so much of his platform and so much of his 
comedy was based off of the craziness in Washington. And then mm. at some point, Washington's probably going to get more reasonable. And then what's he going to do? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a little worried about that. I'm, I'm worried that he's relying on that a bit too much. Some of the SNL skits have been pretty good. Like That's the, true. The Sean Spicer ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was incredible. Oh, I saw people petitioning to have Trump's entire cabinet played by women, and I initially was like, "Yeah, that's hilarious." And then I thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, well, I think that might be kind of taking it further than the joke will allow." Like it's, it's there was, I saw one picture of Rosie O'Donnell dressed as Steve Bannon, right? Or like had her a Photoshop. It was so funny. Yeah, was just oh, the picture itself. Well, that's the thing is like I think it it could be done really really well, but they would have to. They would have to all actually be really good impressions, right? Yeah. Because Melissa McCarthy's Sean Spicer impression was great. It was just really good. So if they wanted yeah. to do that with like the rest of the cast, like you know, casting a bunch of women mm-hmm. to play Trump's cabinet, they'd have to all be women who can genuinely do good impressions of those people. Because yeah. otherwise, it would just kind of fall flat. And I'm I not like Rosie O'Donnell. That it would work. I think Rosie would work just because her and Donald Trump just have such a a long feud. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that would be. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, it'd be a good like vindicating thing. I really yeah. want um oh, oh what's her name Les- Leslie um Jones. Yeah, I really want Leslie Jones to play Betsy DeVos, just for just to shake things up. That could be fun. But they should, I, get, again, a man, they should get a man to play Betsy DeVos. Oh, that'd, <laughs> that's, be, that'd that's be even funnier. Around. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> they got um uh uh Keenan Thompson. Which one's he again? Yeah. He's oh, the one is who he al- like Keenan and Cal Keenan? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, and right. he's the one who always plays Stephen Harvey and has the, right. the great Stephen Harvey impression. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's been on SNL for like 15 years at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's, he's been around a while. It's his thing. Yeah, I, as a comedy person, I think a lot about like, you know, how to keep things fresh, right? How to, how to make jokes yeah. that like aren't just the same joke week after week, uh, which is tricky when you have a podcast and you have to make jokes week after week. Uh, like listening back to like past episodes of our show, uh, I see sort of arcs in like what I thought was funny where there's like, oh, here's three or four weeks where I thought this joke was good. Like what? Here's a couple months where, so like you may have noticed I'm saying sweet, soft boys a lot less yep. right now than I had been. Uh, but that <laughs> was kind of my thing. you notice you're saying it all the time? That was a thing that I've been saying for like months and I was like, yeah. oh, this is good. And it is good, but uh, the bit's getting tired. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I got to shift to something else now. That and you getting like, real close to the mic well the joke where i get real close to the mic will never stop being funny because it subverts people's expectations about what a high quality audio podcast is supposed to be like do you have any uh favorite comedy youtubers or just <laughs> uh sorry favorite what <laughs> comedy youtubers or oh. any guys on on youtube that you really enjoy yeah absolutely um so steve zaragoza and mike falzone are two of my like heroes comedically mm. um also a big fan of uh, elliot morgan I think he's got a lot to say. And uh, the Bath Boys, who are a... Uh, and I don't know any of these guys. Oh, man. Missing out. I mean, I'll, face you, I'll Facebook you some links later, because uh, <laughs> there's one yeah, video, there's I'll one face video you some that book you need later. to see. I'm going to put a book on your face later. I <laughs> <laughs> hope you're ready. Uh, Do you guys have a lot of YouTubers that you watch on the uh, regular basis? I used to be way more into YouTube mm-hmm. than I am now. Um, I think it, it kind of all or mostly stemmed out of the vlog brothers. Like they were my, uh, intro into the YouTube world. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I cannot at this point remember how or when it started. Um, I, but I like sort of from there, I discovered like a bunch of other people from sort of their general community. Um, and then since then I've just kind of been like, not as, I don't know, like it it was a moment and then I kind of let go, but I still like, I still listen to 
Dear Hank and John, and I still watch their videos semi regularly. Mm. Um, yeah, Mike, I think yeah, Mike I'm, I'm in a, a similar place. Yeah, Olin Rogers as well. Oh, he's great. I still follow Olin Rogers. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm in a similar boat where, uh, for me, like there's a lot of creators whose content I'm still really enjoying, but the laptop that I most often have open that use it, that like works for watching YouTube videos, uh, the uh, graphics card in it doesn't really work that well anymore Uh, and so half of the youtube videos i try to watch don't actually load like the visuals they just load audio uh so it's kind of hit or miss if i can actually watch stuff so the only things that seem to work anymore are source fed and game grumps (laughs) (laughs) and like yeah it could be worse um and then my other computer uh is in the room with the bad wi-fi signal Mm -hmm. so it's hard to (laughs) stream anything so yeah. I'm kind of relegated to watching YouTube on my phone. And if I'm watching something on my phone, I usually just watch Netflix. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What do you, what's your like, what, what creators do you consume the most? I'd say there's like, there's like four of them that I watch regularly. Uh, I watch Andrew Wong and, and Rob when they put up videos, but I guess Andrew does it more regularly, but I, I don't know. I kind of, I feel like when I think of YouTubers, I don't think of the musical ones mm-hmm. as much. But like um, Philip DeFranco, I watch his stuff. H three H three, Boogie two nine eight, and I guess like iDubs. Those are the four that I'll I'll watch all of them. Yeah, nice. Phil Phil, uh, Phil is a lot of fun. I <laughs> I really enjoy kind of watching the edits that uh, that happen in a lot of his vlogs because so- sometimes it feels like he's on like one long train of thought, uh, and they've <laughs> had to kind of like splice it together so that it comes out coherent. Uh, yeah. And that resonates for me because uh, of that. Uh, well, because most of what I do is just kind of rambling at uh, at the camera <laughs> and cutting <laughs> out what's camera. good. Uh, like that video that uh, that we made in Toronto for Next Up uh, yep. was two hours of footage of me shouting at the camera. And <laughs> <laughs> I cut it down to like six minutes. Um, Did you guys share that anywhere? Yeah, it's uh, it's up on YouTube on uh, Acapella Science Two. Uh, we didn't the put Kansas it up on the main channel. Oh. I don't know that I follow that one. Yeah, not a lot of people do. It's it's definitely smaller. Oh yeah, yeah, there it is. I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna follow it. Sweet. Boom. <laughs> subscribed. So have have I'm we just... uh, successfully answered Patrick's question? Patrick's question <laughs> about, about what's what's your favorite meme? What's your favorite meme of 27? I guess we said that. Yeah, we we gave some answers yeah. to that. All right. Yeah. It's funny with this Patreon thing, uh, and and maybe this is something you can speak to too, Steve, because you're a Patreon guy, right? Yes, I am. Pays for. Uh, everything my stuff yeah no not not everything yet it'd be nice if it did mm. my goal is to get it to the point where it just like pays that pays for my rent and then everything else is just is, is money on top of that yeah do, do you find like because i find so our main thing that we get out of patreon is like um we have like four people who give us questions every week yeah uh and so we you know for most of our episodes we have audience submitted stuff to talk about and i find it's hard for us like Sometimes those questions end up being like half hour discussions and sometimes they're like, yeah, five minutes later, we've like decided what our favorite memes are and we've moved on to something yeah. else. Do you, do or you find yes like, or no? Yeah. Like I, I mm-hmm. that I, I'm, I still have trouble kind of accepting when our answers aren't like as long as they are other weeks. Cause I feel like I'm cheating them out of something, <laughs> but at the same time I'm like, yeah, but it was like a pretty easy question. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Do, do you find like, I don't know what kind of perks you have for your Patreon people, but like. Do you find that there's moments where you feel like it's hard to like to really deliver on those? Yeah, I tried to structure it in a way so that most of it was just like very easy to do. Mm. Like up towards, I think 
maybe like $15 a month is where I actually have to start doing something. <laughs> um, whereas like the first, like my first perk is like, is nothing. $1, you're just, you get to say you're a, a Patreon. Hmm. Second perk is you get to see early access to the videos. And that's easy enough. I just take two minutes and post my video right. a couple of days before it comes out. Uh, and then five, five, I do like, uh, uh, MP3s for my songs as mm-hmm. well as like the tabs for them. Like I, I write out how to play it on guitar and that's actually quite time consuming, Right. but you do yeah. that once and then it's just, it's easy. Yeah. And then when, and then I think at like 15, uh, you get your name in the credits and that's easy enough for me. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to structure it in a way so that I didn't really have to do a ton, but people would also hopefully get something out of it. Right. But then when you get higher, it gets to like, I think like 30 bucks a month um i do like i'll write you a song about whatever you want hmm. and then it slowly gets more involved and hmm. then but also at those tiers like there are fewer people doing it like there's like i think there's at, at 50 bucks a month i have like two guys right and like that with that you get a half hour skype lesson or skype session with me right um but like it's just so few people that that's not overly consuming right yeah and they're giving you a good chunk of money too so it's, it's yeah hard exactly to like so it's worthwhile mm. Hmm. Yeah, we we haven't got any like giant subscribers yet. We've got one person giving us fifteen dollars a month, and uh, yeah, <laughs> our our reward for that tier is that we drew him a. Uh, <laughs> all three of us held a pen at the same time, and we recreated huh. his Facebook profile picture. <laughs> it's beautiful and a mess. Yeah, yeah, that's something special. I mean, like that kind of thing. Like, if you're a fan of what you guys do, like that's awesome. That's yeah. like, if that, my favorite podcast was like for fifteen bucks, we're gonna do this or that i'd be like yeah that's a very kind way for you to tell us that you think it's a dumb idea (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it's a dumb idea i think it's a cool idea no yeah and uh, like yeah that's it like you you have to kind of figure out like what would you want if you were a fan of the show and you were like oh i think i want to give these guys some money and like i think the coolest thing i've seen on patreon or maybe it wasn't patreon but some sort of crowdfunding was rick and the guys who dan Harmon and uh justin roiland who do rick and morty yeah I can't remember what they were crowdfunding for. Maybe it was like a charity or something. They were trying to raise money for whatever. And they said, okay, well, one of the rewards is uh, if you um, buy in at this level, you get a chance to voice one of the characters on Rick and Morty. Right. And to me, I was like, wow, that's so cool. I would love to voice that character. And it was just like one line. It's just like an alien saying one thing. Right. But like, if you're a fan of Rick and Morty. Yeah, that's huge. Like, that's that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. So I mean, I, those are always the ones that I go for too. Like if I see a, a perk on an Indiegogo campaign or on Patreon, that's like likely to get me onto the thing that I like, I'm like way mm-hmm. more likely to buy it. There's a, uh, there's another one that I saw, uh, walk off the earth did. They did for their tour for that summer. They were printing posters. And if you pledged at a certain level, you got like it was a, it was a poster, and on the poster it was them, and it was all painted them and like a huge audience in the background or whatever. And if you pledged at a certain level, you got to be one of the people in the audience. Like oh. they would do an artist rendition of you on that tour poster. Nice. And like I just think like if if, if my favorite band like say like I don't know whoever uh, who do I like I don't even know who who I listen to these days. Say the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So sure. like hey on our on on this on the tour this year. Uh, if you pledge this amount of money to our Patreon, you can be on the poster. You can hang that poster in your room and you can point to that for the rest of your life and say, hey, this is me on a Red Hot Chili Peppers poster. Right. That's so that's, cool. And that's I think super it's super cool. Finding things like that, and it's hard to do, mm-hmm. but if you can find things like that, and that doesn't take a ton of effort, something like that, where you can find something that doesn't take a ton of effort but means a lot to someone, mm-hmm. I think that's like kind of the key to Patreon. Yeah. 
But uh, I don't know. It's it's Patreon's weird. It's not weird. I mean, it's great, but it's it's tough because like sometimes you see like the numbers go up and up, and then just like there's a month where there's just like nothing happening there. Right. And there's people just dropping mm-hmm. off. And you're like, what have I done? What have I done to upset you? Yeah, right. we we just we we lost a patron who uh, had never actually like claimed any rewards or anything and was just hanging on on a dollar. But like we always appreciated it. Uh, but yeah. I saw I saw our patron count drop by one, and I had a little panic attack where I was like, "Oh no, who was it?" And I was like, "Oh, the person giving the least." <laughs> Phew, it softens the blow a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, I've seen that where it's wonder. like where someone who's like you've been who's been involved, and they say, "Oh, I really love what you do. I love being involved in your work." And then mm-hmm. one month they just drop off, and right. I mean. I think it's like real life gets in the way sometimes. Sure. You see 10 bucks coming off your credit card and you're like, man, I need to buy more food. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, yeah. And you, you're like, what can I, what's expendable income or income that yeah. I can cut out on? So I, I don't know. I, I don't really take it as a personal thing. It's just no. like, it happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've had to like, you know, I think over the past few years, there were like three people I was supporting, like financially, either over Patreon or like through like a crowdfunding thing. And uh, I had to cancel all of them in November because I was just suddenly super broke. <laughs> and it I, wasn't because you didn't like their content or anything. No, exactly. Yeah. I was like, I still love you guys. I still care about you guys. Uh, but I just uh, can't give you money right now. So, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, you the thing is, like, I, I told them what it was, right? I immediately was like, hey, just so you know, I'm pulling out my funding starting, like, next month because I just can't right now. It's not because I hate you. You've done nothing wrong. I'm just broke. And I think, like talking to the people that you're supporting in that way when you do that is like such a good way to encourage those creators. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> I think it is too. I've, I've had a couple people do that and that's just, it's just nice. It's I nice don't expect it, but it's just like, it's kind of like, it's just nice to hear. Oh yeah, this person doesn't hate me. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's, it's good. the relationship, right? It's, you know, it's, it's confirming that like, yeah, don't, don't worry. Like this isn't a personal thing. It's a, you know, financial thing. Yeah. yeah. I've, uh, I've had to do that, but with charities where like I would donate monthly like a $15 or whatever to this like this or that charity and at some point I'm like I just have to but I feel like doubly bad for that because like they need the money and like they're doing really good work and like it helps other it's not like not it's not more noble than than someone creating art but there is there is something about it that I'm like yeah but I you know at the end of the day I gotta I gotta support myself too there was a, yep. it was, it was funny actually a little while ago, th- speaking of charity, <laughs> there was this great moment. Tim gets a phone call. It's like eight 30 at night. We're in the studio oh. just editing stuff. He gets a phone call. He's like, Oh, I wonder who this is. And he answers it. And it was some charity asking him for money. And <laughs> like, you know, he, he puts them on speaker and he's talking to them and I'm sitting there listening and, you know, uh, cause usually like I just kind of immediately, I'm like, sorry, like I can't afford to give you any money right now. Like by you know uh but he like he sat there through the whole spiel gets to the end of it and he's like so i don't really want to give you guys that much money right now uh but like i'd be curious to know about like you know so he he's engaging them asking them a bunch of questions this conversation goes for about half an hour i think in the end he's got more patience than than most yeah in the end he ended up giving them some money maybe like 20 bucks or something but there was this weird thing where they were saying like if you give us a hundred dollars the government will match it but anything less than that they won't and he was like well why won't they match it if i give you like 20 dollars and they were like well they just won't he's like but that's silly because if I knew that the government was going to give, you know, match it. I would give $20, but now I'm not super inclined. And it was funny because I'm sitting there listening to him, like seemingly trolling these guys. And eventually he gave them money. But I just remember thinking like, man, this is so much more time than I've ever given to a phone operator. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like charity is, uh, charity is rough. Like you've got to, 
Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to be generous, right? Uh, but I feel like if you're not a person who's really good at like keeping an eye on your finances, mm. any type of like regular donation is like so much more difficult. It's it is, easier yeah. to just be generous in small bursts. For sure. Yeah. I think I think for me I'd rather I mean I I would rather do something that is not giving money. To mm. me I feel like yeah it's hard I mean as someone who doesn't make a ton of money that's like you know 10 bucks I can't spend on whatever else. Right. I would rather if someone reached out to me and said, "Hey, can you um I I guess I would be more likely to to be involved in a different sort of way. I don't know what that way would be. Right. Um like volunteering. Yeah. Right? Yeah, volunteering, but maybe not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to give them I, money, saying, but like, I also don't want to leave the house. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of people who have asked me to like play guitar at their charity events, and like, right. I, I can't do that. I can't. I can't set my rate at zero dollars. Right. Uh, I think it would be something where I don't know. They have to spark my creativity. Like, say, hey, could you do this for us, or get involved mm. in this way? And here's how it'll help you. I don't know. Right. I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm not great when it comes to charity. Yeah, that's okay, fair. so here I can think I can think of one thing. Um there was one thing where the Dedario String Company, they mm. make guitar strings. Right. They were like, We're doing some stuff um up north where we're getting music to to people up north. And like that was a thing where I was like, I'd love to be involved in that somehow. Mm. And that's something where it's like, Okay, now now there's I'm involved in a way I like being involved. Nothing's come of it as of yet, but like this was a fairly recent conversation we had. Right. Um but like that's something where I was like, Okay, yeah, I'd like to be involved in that. That's not just me giving five bucks 20 bucks or whatever right. yeah that's something where we're using my skills and, oh, and my do we do we lose you um no i still got you yeah oh yeah we're kind of went up yeah. for a second there oh. yeah but but you know what i mean that's that's something where it's like okay now i feel like i'm adding value that's not just a, a number i'm doing something mm. that i feel like i can be proud mm. of and i'd like to be part of that yeah absolutely mm. no it, it's always it's always a lot more rewarding to be able to contribute something that's like you know, a, a gift of time or of service than, than to give money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. think for me, like my, my policy with like financial donation is like, if I can in the moment afford to be generous with my money, like, you know, even if it's a small thing, like buying a friend a coffee or like, you know, lunch or like, yeah. you know, if someone shares like an Indiegogo campaign that they're like, Oh, like, please help me with this thing. If in that moment I can justify it, I do it. Yeah. <laughs> so those moments don't always come but when they come i'm like yeah cool perfect i'll give you some money uh yeah. and that works a lot better for me than like regular things hmm. i like i think i don't re- if somebody asked if somebody came knocking on my door i would turn them away instantly i think for me i just like i like making the decision to say i want to support this mm-hmm. whatever that be yeah i once had a, a juno a juno nominated band's drummer ring yep. my doorbell uh, to uh to try and sell me his mixtape <laughs> it was really bizarre he he rings my doorbell and he's like hey um like i i'm trying to like sell copies of my album right now um my band it, we're juno nominees so we're trying to like get ourselves out there a little bit more so that you know more people know who we are and uh the best way to do it is like door to door and i was like not at 9 30 at night it's not <laughs> but that's uh, kind of that's very weird yeah well so but i you know i thought it was an interesting idea and i took his little flyer instead of buying an album and yeah. was like i'm gonna go listen to you guys on the internet he's like that's perfect but, yeah yeah don't ring my doorbell after like 8 p.m no 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 don't no. one of the things i find very annoying 
I don't know if you guys have dealt with this. It's just like the people who just like comment, hey, can you do this? Can you come come check out my channel? Oh, yeah. Those, I, I, those are irritating. It always gets, it, it's annoying because it always gets filtered out. Like, what is the point of this? Do you not realize that this doesn't even, it doesn't even appear on my channel? Yeah. No, th- those comments are super irritating. I like, we don't get a ton of those, I don't think. Like, I mean, on my channel, I definitely don't. And I don't think I've seen any on Acapella Science either. You mean you mean the the people whose entire comments are like, "Hey, check out blah blah." Yeah, um, it's like yeah, I also come, sing. Come check me out. <laughs> or yeah. or it's like, like you know what? super random and unrelated too. Yeah, it's like this is not this is not how you do this. Yeah, this is not how you. No. How you go about that? Like make good stuff. Yeah. You know that's how. Yeah. <laughs> I think my one of my favorite types of comments is so and so sent me here because I actually yeah, find I like those like those are fascinating to me because I'm like oh cool like that person knows about this video. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because because sometimes you find out like oh this person that I didn't realize watches this like likes this content. Uh, it, it's also fun for me when like I see you know creators who don't know me uh, like sharing acapella science videos and I'm like oh I worked on that. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's always a fun moment. That's actually how we ended up getting Hank Green on uh, on the podcast about a year ago. Oh how how's that? Well, so he was like hey I like. Yeah, so I had seen him, uh, I saw him retweet an acapella science video, and uh, I was like, oh, Hank Green likes acapella science. So I shot him an email, I was like, yo, Hank, do you want to be on our podcast? And he wrote back like a couple days later saying yes, and it was yeah, pretty cool. Cool, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and that those kind of things happen more naturally than just someone I've never heard of says, come watch my video. No, yeah. I won't. Yeah, exactly. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things out there for me to watch, and that's not what I want to do. <laughs> Though every now and then I will. I will check it out. And more often than not, I'm not highly impressed. Yeah. Tom, Tom, how likely do you think it would be for Hank Green to come on the podcast again? A second time? Yeah. I mean, I can shoot him an email. I I, I was just thinking about that. Like, we're, we're coming on a year. Like, we should... An it, annual tradition of getting yeah. Hank to hop on. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I want to shoot for John next. I think oh, it'd yeah. be funny if we got John on next. Do you guys have a, a dream guest for the podcast or, I guess, for Acapella Science? We uh, so we talked a little bit uh, at the beginning of this year slash the end of last year about yeah. who we'd like to like try and get on this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we said Mike Falzone was yeah. one of them. Uh, Brian uh, Brian Wecht, Ninja Brian from uh, Ninja Sex Party. Who, if you don't know cool. Ninja Sex Party, you got to look them up because they're great. Uh, they're comedy musicians uh, based out of yeah. LA. I've I I know the name. I can't remember if I've seen them or yeah. You'll uh, you'll have to take a look. Or... Yeah, they're they're pretty fun. Uh, yeah. was, there was another one that we oh I said uh, I'd love to get Peter Gilroy on here I guess you had uh, Bill, Bill Nye Bill Nye would be that fun that would be cool I think Tim yeah. would like Tim would probably cry if we yeah. had Bill Nye on the podcast I, I think we should also aim for uh, uh, Bill Gates Bill Gates yeah Do you, how <laughs> likely do you think it is that we get Bill Gates on the podcast how about Steve Jobs how likely is that I think that might be more likely than Bill Gates <laughs> <laughs> get haunted <laughs> what if we get what if we get melissa mccarthy to play steve jobs on the podcast that could work that could work you, you gotta hit that <laughs> oh man well steve thanks so much for uh for skyping in and joining us this week it's been super fun my pleasure yeah thank you guys for having me yeah it's been fun picking your brain and uh also just you know chatting after not seeing each other since like toronto yeah man it's nice to catch up yeah are you guys gonna do uh vidcon or anything this year uh undecided i'm probably gonna try to get to buffer fest again this year because uh tim and i went last year and it was fun yeah that's in toronto isn't it yeah i will almost definitely not be doing any of those (laughs) (laughs) yep 
but yeah. Simon Simon will go to BC at some point this yep. summer. So for, for unrelated <laughs> reasons. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Are you heading up to any of the festivals? I've done VidCon twice. I don't think I'm going to do it again. I don't really feel a, a huge desire. That's fair. If they get me a full access pass, I was able to get a full access pass last year, which you like you can't buy that. It just right. it gives you all backstage access, and you can just hang it with other creators and like. It's cool because that's that's where I met Rob Scallon, who's a, hmm. a also a, a musician, and I don't know. You just like walk in there, and you're like, oh, there's Tyler Oakley, who's like a <laughs> super huge YouTuber. Wow. Yeah, that sweetens the deal for sure. Like, if I can get one of those again, I'll go. But if not, probably not. Yeah, that's fair. You should uh, mm-hmm. you should come out to Bufferfest. We can get a little uh, next up reunion. Yeah. yeah. When is Buff- Bufferfest? Uh, I feel like it's in October. I don't know if they've announced the dates yet for this year. I could yeah, I could see myself doing Bufferfest. Cool. If they got, I, I wouldn't mind getting on like a, I want to get on one of the panels. I think you just have to access. like, you just apply and if they decide that you're. I think you just walk there. on the stage, you know, you just, <laughs> just, I'm, just wear, wear a lanyard, any lanyard, it doesn't matter. Just put it around your neck. People assume I'm you're important. I'm talking now. Yeah. Just go like, oh no, 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 no. I'm, I've got the blue lanyard. I'm important. Just, <laughs> just let me through. Cool. Well, Steve, where can, uh, where can people find you on the internet? YouTube.com slash Samurai Guitarist. You can find me on Instagram at Samurai Guitarist, Facebook, basically all the places. Cool. And uh, any any last words of wisdom for our audience before uh, we wrap things up? Keep your stick on the ice, head up, keep on giving her. That may be the most Canadian thing that's ever been said on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah. I just made a hockey stick guitar video. I had <laughs> sweet yeah well thank you everybody for listening to the effort discussion podcast you can find us on the internet at down with talking that's on twitter specifically you can find us individually on twitter and instagram at tom zelani at a cappella science and at no the other simon i'm not used to doing this part of the show i'm used <laughs> to doing the first part of the show but then tom stole it uh you can donate to us at patreon at patreon.com slash up for discussion uh and uh thanks for uh for listening and tune in next week when we interview this rubber chicken beautiful